0: My name is Carly, and I am an entrepreneur. These are the real, raw, and honest stories of myself, my colleagues, and my dearest friends. How we followed our dreams and continue to scale the mountain of success every day. Learn what it takes to make the next step and join us on the climb. Get ready to pull up your boss straps because this is Bossy Class. Alexis Rinaldi with Gourmet Maisons. Yeah. And thank you for so much for letting me in your gorgeous house by the Thanks beach. Thanks for
1: coming to my house.
0: It's my favorite place. Oh. It's so cozy and, like, just so peaceful. Aww, thank so you. thank you
1: for having it's my me. my favorite
0: piece, place. Um, So talk to me about... Um, we've known each other for a couple of years. Two years? Yeah.
1: Almost, yeah. I think almost exactly.
0: Yeah, you and I met through... Carly ray Weddings, yes. and you killed it on many events with me. Oh, thank! Um, and then you had kind of been pursuing culinary school during that time. Um, but walk me through um, this like amazing company that you just launched, Gourmet Maisons, and what it is for those who don't know.
1: Sure. So Gourmet Maisons is basically a all about in-home cooking um I think when it first started which isn't really that long ago it was intended to just be these like very clear-cut in-home private cooking classes Mm -hmm. um so I had like four menus and I thought that that's all anyone would ever want I was trying to be as simple as possible so the idea was to make you know to love being in the home that you're in and feel empowered to cook beautiful food in your own kitchen um and it being you know given the tools to be able to do that easily. It's sort of changed in lots of different ways, just even in the past, like, four months of really operating. Mm-hmm. Um, I After I worked with you, I worked at a fine dining restaurant, and I got some great fine dining skills, and so I've used that for some private dining opportunities. Um, I've done a lot of, like, private dinners and some catering stuff. So it's kind of all over the place, and it's very much, like... Still last year was year one, but I feel like this is still really like my year of exploration to figure out what I really want it to be. But yeah. It's a long winded story to say. It's a culinary company.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I know a couple months ago was it a couple months ago? Yeah, I think Time so. blends I'm not even for me. Sure, yeah. Um, I came over and you mm-hmm. did a class. Was it the newlywed class? Yes. Yes. And it was the most empowering. It was so fun. Aww. I left so just like filled up in so many ways. And I know that's your heart. Um, but walk us through like, okay, if I'm buying a, or I'm purchasing a newlywed class, what does that look like, um, for those who haven't done it yet? Yeah. So the idea
1: is that you would just buy a particular menu and it kind of bring, price ranges based on the number of people that are in the class. But for now, me, hopefully in the future, I have other teachers, um, employed as well, but I come with all the groceries, all the recipes, pretty much all the equipment that you might need, um, you know, if you really have nothing, then I make sure that we have something to cook with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just cook a meal together. And it, I think what people are responding to so positively in the encounters I've had so far is that I... I'm super flexible. Mm -hmm. Um, So some people are like the most hands-on. They are already really experienced cooks, and they want to know, like, get feedback on one specific thing that they think they're doing wrong, and um, they really want to focus on one specific recipe. Um, And some people are just like, just like a fun idea for a Christmas present. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a baby. I kind of need to, like, run and grab the baby or, you know whatever. And so at the end of the day, no matter what the actual journey together looks like, I make sure that we have a really, really nice meal for you to enjoy in your home and know that like whether you cut every single piece of cauliflower in your cauliflower dish or I did it or whatever, (laughs) you're like, wow, that was made in my kitchen. Like I saw the ingredients that were in the grocery bags that came and it wasn't like that crazy. And I can make food that's this good and nourishing and, you know, maybe not always the healthiest, but it's like made at home. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of people are scared to do that. And so that's what I've like, it's been so cool to connect with people in their homes. And yeah, everyone says like kitchen is the heart of the home, but it really is just about like being together and realizing that there's another way to be like spend time together. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: Well, yeah. And especially in our, I mean, we're in Newport beach now and Los Angeles and kind of your demographic of audience. It is, there's is so many other options to eat out and we're hustling and running around all the time that it's nice to just be able to pause and produce something that is, um, nourishing for your entire family. Yeah. Um, like I grew up, my parents, um, have a huge greenhouse and cook, oh, pretty much exclusively with the exception of like maybe a couple times a year or random lunches out but Mm -hmm. like i grew up with this thing of you can make really anything that's out there and a lot of people don't have that luxury of how they were raised and so i think walking them through it as an adult is also going to help them feel empowered but also save them money in the long run um but and even stress, and you know, stress. and to
1: be like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to make for dinner? I only know how to make three things to be like, oh, well, I can be creative. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, and you started in the kitchen when? Like, is how long has this journey been for you?
1: Um, it's been I technically started culinary school two years ago, like probably to the day. So we're in January right now. So two years ago. Um, but it was kind of like built up for a long time before that I um, come from a French family food is a really big part of like how we show love to one another um, I think like entertaining has always like really been in my roots my grandmother um, was my grandfather worked for Pan Am and he, they spent a lot of time in um, lots of different countries and sort of in the 60s and 70s when there was like not much else out there and they were oh, my grandfather opened airports for Pan Am and so they're basically like diplomats and they're constantly entertaining new people and that has like really in my blood. I love people coming over. I love cooking for people. Um, I think it's just like a, my way of showing love to, to new people that I've never met before or people that are, you know, my oldest friends. Um, and so that feeling is like something I'm always sort of after. And, um, I knew I wanted to do something different. I worked in consulting for, good amount of time, lived in New York City, and we ended up moving back out here for my husband's job. And when we moved, I was like, I just think I need to do something different. And I want to take a year and not really make money this year or whatever and, Mm -hmm. and see what's out there. And I found an amazing culinary school that was local to Orange County. Um, That was like a big thing I was nervous about was that I felt like there were a lot of culinary schools that were just so, so expensive. And I didn't want to like throw out a ton of money. I really wanted it to be worthwhile experience um and i found a great program here at a school called culinary lab that was in tustin um and they are founded <laughs> by um a bunch of people that used to work at a different culinary school and they wanted to do something a little bit more modern feasible and so i did that um and i like loved actually being in school and kind of learning the like whys of all these things yeah. that i always sort of like oh, you do this, but I don't really know why. Um, And being in school was very much like the 101 again, kind Kind of like, okay, you already know how to do this stuff, but here's like why. And then part of my schooling um, requirement was to do an apprenticeship. And so I did an apprenticeship at Studio Restaurant, which is a fine dining restaurant in Laguna Beach at the Montage. Mm. Um, And that is like where I really learned the most. Um, It wasn't so much like a review or super structured. It was like, you got to do this and it needs to be this excellent and you have to do it in as small amount of time as possible. (laughs) Um, And that, I think, all those experiences melded together has made me the cook that I am now. Um, Yeah, so it's kind of really been like the past two years have been very intensive. Yeah. And, but I'd always sort of had it in my blood beforehand.
0: Yeah. Well, and the thing that I didn't realize when I took your class was there was a lot of the why and and I don't know if that's just because I know more how to cook than maybe an average person. Not saying I'm, like, the best cook, but, like, I grew up cooking with my mm-hmm. family. But there were so many moments that you had said, like, this is why we're doing this. This is what this is for. This is why we're sweating the onions. So mm-hmm. it does this. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I learned. I felt like I was in culinary school as um, someone that's always kind of wanted to, like, yeah. for fun. And that was really, um, valuable for me as a home cook too. Thanks. Um, so you, you start this company kind of with a lot of history of passion and and dreaming about it and family, you know, history and stuff like that. And then you launch a business and I want to hear more about like the process for you with that, because I think a lot of women and part of the reason of this podcast is really just to sort of empower women to step out and follow what they're called or feeling like they're called to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm just curious, like what that process was for you. Um, was there doubts? Was there not doubts, you know, was like, were you concerned about things that you didn't realize? Like, totally. I think that
1: the past two years also have just been a lot of like me finding myself and what's really important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved working in the restaurant. My hours were crazy. Um, it was really fun, but it was like, it was like being in college again, kind of like, it was just super intense and like everyone's together all the time and you go out a lot and it was not good for my marriage. Not necessarily anything bad. The hours were so hard and I was like physically exhausted all of the time and I felt like there was this weird pressure, like, will you have to do this because like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, and I got sucked into that. A lot of like caring what people thought about me throughout this whole process. And like, when you put yourself out there and you start a business and there's a lot of risk, you kind of like this, like voice in my head was like, well, people are going to think this and people are going to think that. Mm-hmm. I think I've mellowed out about that a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, also, that was like a big thing. Like I need to do something that's going to like be really cool and still intense because I care that people think that I work hard or whatever mm-hmm. or that I'm gonna be really good at it. Um, and then I kind of was just like, you need to chill out a little bit. <laughs> um, I've had a lot of um, my mom passed away five years ago. I've had a lot of like sickness of in my family, and I've had to sort of prioritize my family a lot more than I think most people my age have had to. Um, and I am blessed in many ways that I have the time to be able to do that. Mm So the past year and a half in particular have been like really hard and trying to balance all of that. And so realizing that I was like, well, yeah, I have to like balance all this now, but if I'm going to have kids, I'm going to have to balance it all. This, it's always going to be like this. This isn't just like, Oh, end over, you know, like this is actually life. Yeah. And, um, I also just had this big, like calling to myself, like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to have kids when I want to have kids. And then I realized like, I actually need to figure this business out before that happens. Um, because I want something that's going to be able to provide me the flexibility. Um, Mm -hmm. and I say all that because it's actually really important to the business model that I ended up pursuing because I think when I was leaving school and going into the restaurant, I felt like I needed, I was, I really wanted to open a wine bar or some sort of all day cafe. I mean, I had like All the menus were in, which is kind of like the last thing you probably actually need to do. And I was looking at spaces and I was just tallying up the numbers and I was like, I'm going to need a million dollars to do this. Yeah. One million. Yeah. (laughs) One million. And I've never been a waitress. I've never, you know, I've worked in a restaurant and I've done some servicey type stuff, but I've never owned my own thing. And I was like, who is going to give me the money and how am I going to pay them back? Like, like no bank was going to give me a loan. Um, and so I just felt like I need like some stepping stone. And so then I just started ruminating on ideas that were like catering, but not really catering. Cause there's so many competitors out there and how do you get your name in? Um, and I felt like there was this really cool open space of teaching classes. And especially, you know, I live in Newport beach people have really, really, really nice homes and they don't like to leave them. And there's Mm. very few reasons that they do like to leave them. And they will spend a lot of money on private chefs. Um, They'll spend a lot of money on caterers to come in for parties. And I was like, I need to get in on this opportunity where I go to people's homes Mm -hmm. um, to teach them. So that's just like a long-winded story of how the idea really came to be. Um, And it's continuing to morph. But the actual like establishment of the business itself um, was hard you can be like i mean i was a very successful management consultant i worked with billion dollar companies and if you told me how i had to like get a business license i was like what are you talking <laughs> about like this is way too hard and i think they make it hard on purpose so yeah. to like keep you from doing it but you kind of just have to recognize that you're like gonna break a lot of rules along the way and At the end of the day, as long as you're paying your taxes, like the state's (laughs) gonna be fine about it. (laughs) But, um, like, I was like, QuickBooks? Like, what? I don't know how to do any of this stuff. And I just talked to a lot of people. I know I asked you a lot of questions about, like, what do you even tax? What don't you tax? You just sort of figure it out. And, like, you're not working with enough mass amount of money in your first year
0: anyway. So, yeah, it's all bootstrapping. Yeah, totally. How do I pull this off without uh, going belly up, essentially? And also appear to know what I'm doing. <laughs> all yes, all these things
1: and like I've what somebody gave me advice. that was like as long as you're not consciously trying to break a rule, like you're not, you know, it's like as long yeah, as you're not purposely advice. like doing something to hide something. Yeah, then it's gonna be okay. Yeah, I mean, and I just think to myself like there must be
0: dumber people like doing this and surviving. <laughs> so <laughs> no, you definitely ask the right questions and have researched a ton based on what you had even asked in the beginning. Um, but yeah, what is, what are some of like the weird hurdles that you've had to come across like specifically in starting a business um, that it was just like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Yes.
1: Uh, I mean, just, like, even getting yourself incorporated, all the hurdles that you have to go through for that. You can't, like, get a business bank account until you have an EIN number. Um, And so you feel like you're just doing things illegally because you don't have a business, like, credit card, you know, and then you're trying to, like, separate your expenses. Those were the things that were just, like, really messy in the beginning, I feel like, and I just tried to stay as organized as possible. And I also, like, recognized, like, what was worth my time and not, you know, worth my time. Like my business in particular has very low capital. I haven't had to invest that much, um, to get going. Mm -hmm. And it's been like easy for me to like start to make some money in just the beginning of this year. Um, but I like went to my culinary school. They were super supportive and like mentored me a lot. You would think like, they would think I was a big competitor to them because I was teaching cooking classes, but they were actually super into the idea and supportive. Um, I asked them like, who were their lawyers? Like who did they have an accountant they recommended? Um, And I just sort of asked a lot of other people that had small businesses that were more food oriented, like who's your accountant, who's blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people will talk to you for free. Um, I was really surprised about that, so I had a lot of like initial meetings with many people um that were hour hour plus conversations where I just got a ton of information for free. Yeah. I even like met somebody totally randomly who was a human resources expert that was like his business mm-hmm. and talked to him for a long time and I, like, tried to trade him, like, give him a cooking class for him and his wife for free, and they, like, still haven't taken me up on it, but... Um, <laughs> if you're listening. I tried. I, <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Um, so, yeah, I just tried to, like, get a lot of advice and expertise, and, and honestly, everybody's situation is different to, like, when you say, like, do you do an S-corp, do you blah, 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 it's, like, totally yeah. up to you in your own financial situation or what other businesses you have going on or how other your income sources are, so there's nothing I can say or Carla can say that's, like, 100%. Yeah. what to do. Yeah. Um but I just tried to talk to a lot of people and get different ideas and pros and cons and um and went at it like quite slowly and deliberately and I also felt like spending money to maybe have a lawyer help you with some of these things versus you trying to like go on legal zoom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't think that that risk was worth it and I had some money to put in at the beginning that I felt like of all the things I could be spending, this seemed really Protect worthwhile. Yourself. Totally. Um, so I did invest in a lawyer who my school had used and really trusted him. And um, I knew that the school like had to have some pretty tight like contracts in place because, you know, people working with knives, etc., there's a lot of risk involved. Um, and so he actually referred me to like my insurance person, and then I used him for Getting the business incorporated, and um, he, another great tip that the lawyer actually gave me was like he can review things. It doesn't have to mean he writes them. And so I took like pieces of contracts and this is something my dad helped me with a ton um, to pieces of contracts from different sources that I found online and like copy and pasted them together, yeah. made them make sense, so that I had like an event contract for when I was doing these classes, um, yeah. and had like adult releases, child releases for students if they hurt themselves. I know that – it, and it still is kind of, like, really cumbersome to have – to I'm sure you feel like this too, like, to be like, please sign this, like, four-page document. (laughs) But most people just don't even look at it. They just sign it, and they're just like, okay, this is, like, the way that it is. I have to do this to – I was really worried that people are going to be like, sorry, I'm not going to book you now because of this contract. Mm, People don't even, like, think about it. Um, But, yeah, I really – knew and heard horror stories and was like you know what murphy's law like whatever yeah like if it's out there then it might happen so might as well just do whatever you can to protect yourself from it but those are things i spent the most money on
0: hey guys it's your girl carly i'm here to tell you about the coolest flower delivery service that exists it's my sister company primary petals. You may have heard of primary petals before, but did you know that we are going nationwide? It's an amazing service that sends really cool and unique flowers to anyone's doorstep in the lower 48. Guys, we have sent to every state and every bouquet has arrived so beautiful and so fresh, which if you know, is no small feat for shipping flowers. For my listeners, I'm giving 10% off using code bossy class at checkout. If you want to learn more, please visit PrimaryPetals.com. So what can we expect? Do you have like any vision, like in the new decade, 2020, what can we expect from you in this coming up year? Do you have any like cool visions you're working on or you're just sort of like, I'm
1: still really like trying to take in what people are looking for. There's very much. So I've, what I'm learning is that there are people that want to do like a series of classes in their home um, like, I thought, oh, people are just going to want to book, like, one-off classes, like, a special thing. But I've had several requests where people have found me where they're, like, I don't know what I'm – I had somebody just told me she could – she's like, I can burn water. I could burn water. It's yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think you can. Yeah, like, um, yeah. <laughs> and her friend got her, like, a series of four classes. Oh, gift. um, And then I just had this other woman that she, we basically decided that she graduated. But I had gone – I probably went to her house 12 times. Um, and we did kind of like our own little mini course and I'm trying to see if that's, I think that's a really lucrative opportunity for me and one that's going to make a big impact for people. Yeah. Um, so does, I'm not trying to over design too much in the beginning because I felt like, like even when I first launched the business, I was like, okay, these are the four menus and I'm going to test them like 12 times and i'm gonna write out every single recipe and do this that or the other and it just doesn't work like that's such a waste of time because there's one class that no one has ever booked you know like Mm -hmm. if i had spent all that time testing it then what a waste that would have been yeah um so i'm just realizing that i need to trust like my own expertise and kind of do things a little more on the fly i think that's big too kind of like you're never more motivated to get something done when someone has already booked it yeah. and you have to do it. Yeah. Um, like I, last weekend I did, I had had a vegan menu that no one had ever booked and then somebody booked it. And on Friday night, the class was on Saturday on Friday night, I was like testing to make sure it worked and like wrote everything and it all worked perfectly and all went well. So I have to trust my own expertise a little bit, but I don't know what's going to come. I just keep like trying to receive what people are looking for and what works well. Um, yeah. You know, what, And I think a really big thing that's been very hard um, for me is like trusting my price. Mm -hmm. And um, I think some people do get sticker shock when they do learn how expensive I might be. But there's never been a time where someone hasn't given me a positive review after or not said like this was so worth the money. Um, And I think there's a lot of things out there like – have you heard of Thumbtack? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Thumbtack, I, somebody had given me the advice to go on Thumbtack for people to find me in, which was, I actually found, like, a couple of really great clients um, on there. But every time I go on there, I just get, like, mad because people put these requests in for, they'll be, like, looking for a private chef to do dinner on New Year's Eve yeah, um, for 12 people for $15 a person or, you know... And I just like find that if I can get on my pedestal for a second, like that is so demoralizing and, yes. and rude to people because, like, this is a service industry. Yes, there's a time and a place for like a $15 drop off lunch or whatever. And there's actually a lot of restaurants that will do that for you um, that can operate in mass. But if your whole, like, if you lose one night of business mm-hmm. to make like $15 a person for 12 on New Year's Eve, like, I just, it, not even New Year's Eve, but like Thanksgiving. I mean, I was getting all these inquiries to do catering for Thanksgiving for less than $20 a person. And that's where I was kind of struggling with a thumbtack model because people basically put in their price that they want to pay you at. And you can yeah. either say yes or no. And if your business is slow and you need the money, then you're kind of get stuck. And I the first couple of private dinners I did, I I sort of went with the price that they requested on thumbtack. And I think I if I had just said, you know, that that's really below what I typically do. I'm happy to work with you at that price. But if you want, now what I start to do is like, if you're really looking for the full experience, it costs this much. And like, this is what you're going to get out of it and like really sell it. And that's why reviews are so important. Um, and word of mouth is so important, but, um, I guess, that has like been the big struggle for me is I think I could have had a lot more, I could have been a lot busier, quote unquote busier if I would taken more of those things or, or it's been like, oh, okay, fine. I'll go to the price that you want. Um, but I would have really felt like crap about myself. And then I just find all these people that are completely willing to give me the price that I'm asking and give me a tip and like, give me, you know, amazing review, review and, yeah. and, and recommend me to people. They're, they're out there. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of like also just waiting for more of, yeah that
0: yeah I was listening to a podcast today actually and it talked about you know s- going through your inquiries and your emails and going what are the things that are yes and what are things that are no's mm-hmm. and we don't say no enough um because yeah there's been so many times in early years now it's less than you know for me in 10 years but of just going yeah I'll do this build my resume that and sometimes you know those are like not as great of clients post as well because they're expecting something for a lower number. And I think it's really valuable for us to recognize and to teach the listeners that are out there and women too of like, do you know how expensive it is to run a business, especially in Southern California? Like think about what you're paying um, in rent. Think about like all your bills and then like having this like keep up with the Jones thing all of the time. And then to be hit with that, I was actually talking to somebody in Seattle last week um, about it too, because she is, um, I'm going to bo- botch the word, but you know, Somalia. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. And she was talking about that same thing of they're coming in for $65 a head. And I'm like, oh, well, I would pay 60, like, that, so like I would pay $65 a head for a four bottle wine tasting. Are you kidding? And she's like, yeah, we don't make any money. We like, you know, pay money for Mm -hmm. this. And recognizing that, you know, we are trained and what you're getting is not just all the groceries that I just shopped for and built your menu, but I'm gassed to get to your house and time and like time away from my family and like all of these things. And I have to pay taxes on that too. And I need to make a profit. Like, come on. Yeah. My
1: it's really interesting. Like I think women, especially in this sort of like service industry, we just aim to please so much and we'll give it our all, which is what makes in some ways like so successful and people do respond well to. But when I was figuring out my pricing for the classes, I just kept like asking people's opinions about them and was worried that they did sound super expensive. Um, And that was my biggest like sort of what I was most self-conscious about going into it was I just didn't want to get turned down all the time for it. And I was talking to my dad who is, you know, like was an established like business person for a long time. He's a CPA. And he was like, well, show me like how you came to the price. And I had put, I basically had like a 40 to 50% margin on some of the classes. Some as they more and more students, they got a lot bigger. And my dad was like, no person that understands business in any form would ever question you having like a 40 to 50 percent margin if not they'd be like what can you do to like squeeze more out of it so I didn't want to give up on certain things like I don't buy the food from sort and final like it's high quality most of the time organic produce like high quality proteins nothing that I wouldn't eat myself it's me and my expertise I'm like a normal person that's another. Piece of feedback that I get a lot is that people do not want to invite people into their homes that are not like personable or easy to talk to or yeah um, are good at what they're doing. So I just like all those things I was like, wow, I need to know my value better and and yeah and know that if like a man whatever to look at not necessarily you know that's somewhat sexist, but you know what I mean like whatever look at my Excel spreadsheets of my finances and how I project my classes and stuff and say, wow, like you're really overcharging. And that in a way made me feel like, okay, there's educated people out there that get it. But I do hear crazy stories too around here about people that charge like up the wazoo for private chef stuff that is like not even that good. And yeah. Um, so I know that there's like bad experiences out there. And so it just is like more room for me to, to grow and
0: yeah. Um, do well. Yeah. Um, a couple questions in, in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, Cause I love kitchen gadgets. Like what's some essentials that you would say if you're like just a home cook and you don't even know where to start. Like what are some essential tools that you would suggest having in a kitchen? I think you absolutely have to have a good chef's knife. Um,
1: And I think you don't have to like buy the, if you go into William Snow Marshall and there's like the whole set of knives, I think people are like, Oh my gosh, I have to buy the $700 set of knives. No, you can go in and you can buy one knife they're on sale all the time my favorite brand for a home cook is Global um but there's a lot of sound, great, it <laughs> there's a lot of other great knives but just have one good chef's knife get it <laughs> sharpened <laughs> regularly and your cooking will improve significantly just by you having like a great tool that you use for everything
0: and also safety because if it's a yes. dull knife you can cut yourself you can
1: where'd you learn that <laughs> uh did you tell me <laughs> <laughs> I say that like every single day, yeah. um, so I think that is kind of your most important thing um some low cost like fun things to have. I love a microplane, I use a microplane all the time. It's basically a grater um I use like fresh lemon zest and all citrus zest, and I use it to grate garlic um that is a great one um. If you're willing to spend a little bit more money, I use my Vitamix literally every single day. I do not have the most expensive Vitamix. I have the cheapest one, which is the one that every single restaurant uses. And I like love to just throw stuff in there and see what sauce comes out. Um, I'm a big sauce person. And I think that that is what makes your food like feel a lot fancier yeah and it also makes like healthy things taste better so you can have plain sweet mm-hmm. potatoes or you could have like a fun chimichurri to go on top of them oh my gosh um goals
0: yeah what about um like top five like thing like things in your fridge Things in could, my fridge. Or just like versatile oh, things that I always I keep. I think like vinegars
1: are a really great way to elevate your cooking. Um I always mm. strive to use two forms of acid in like a salad dressing or a sauce. So like if I am gonna make a chimichurri then I use lemon juice and red wine vinegar mm, or I'll use like lemon juice and lime juice. Um, so I have, I actually keep my vinegars in the fridge. I think that they last longer that way. Mm. Um, and I have like a little vinegar shelf and I have, I probably right now have champagne, red wine, white wine, apple cider, rice vinegar. Yeah. I think vinegars are like, vinegars are like wine. Balsamic. Yeah, probably. Definitely. I have two kinds of balsamic actually now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's like a good essential. And I always, um, what else do I always have? I, right now I'm really trying to eat at home a lot more instead of eating out so much. So I, at the beginning of the week, I pretty much just like roast or do something with like Mm -hmm. four different vegetables. So Mm -hmm. I think right now I have like sweet potatoes, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts that are pretty plain. And then I just kind of like sauce them up however I want. Mm -hmm. Um, and like always try to cook up some chicken, but that's kind of like the boring stuff. Yeah. Um. Dijon mustard, I think, is, like, a really great power ingredient that people mm-hmm. should use more in marinades. It goes really well in a lot of different sauces and salad dressings. Um, and shallots are also, like, a great totally way to make great. your food te- seem a lot fancier because um, it's just, like, a little bit more delicate than an onion and just adds another lovely layer of complexity and some sweetness in an unexpected way. I could go
0: on, so you'll have to tell me to stop. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're making me dinner after this. Which very, very excited for. I've yeah. been looking forward to it. Um, okay, so I have a couple like rapid fire questions for you. Yeah. Like lightning round or whatever. Yes. Um so just fun, silly questions. How do you take your coffee? Do you drink coffee? Yeah, so I um just got really
1: into this isn't very rapid fire response. But um <laughs> I've been like trying to get into the bulletproof thing. And I found a great company called Ladybird Provisions. They're based in Texas, and they sell these, like, butter bombs. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have, like, a little – they have grass-fed butter, coconut oil. The one I like has um, vanilla and cinnamon in it. And so I just do AeroPress coffee or French-pressed coffee right on to that. And that's kind of, like, my only coffee that I have in the day. And it's – I've actually, like – my energy has just been super sustained. I'm Mm -hmm. not really hungry until, like, 12 – Um, That is like my little secret uh, agent this past few months getting into that.
0: Mm, I'm going to have to look up that ladybird provision. They're in my fridge. You can. Okay. I'll peek at it. (laughs) Um, What time do you wake up in the morning to start your day? Do you have like a morning routine or Um, are you more of a night person?
1: It really depends on my schedule because my schedule changes all of the time. fair. Yeah. Um, I typically wake up at like seven, make coffee, walk the dog, my dog, who is, like, in this podcast, you can't tell, but um, he really likes to sleep in, and so sometimes I just, like, do emails from bed with my coffee and then, like, That's walk great. him later. Um a teenager? Yeah, I don't know. He's just, he really likes to sleep, and I'd like to lay in bed, so why not? It's my excuse. He's, uh, looking, he's yeah, licking he, the microphone. Moves. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Um, and then if, like, a normal day I... Probably am teaching or have um some sort of event that probably like starts closer to one or two ish so it's more just like admin stuff in the morning um workout, and then yeah, I mean no day is the same my life is like Which is really cool. like changed a lot in that re- perspective um respect perspective <laughs> um so yeah, but typically that's what it looks well, like, and I spend a lot of time in grocery stores, I mean an obscene amount of time in grocery stores so you
0: know where all the stuff is more than the people at the check stand oh I definitely <laughs> do
1: I feel like sometimes because there's like certain produce items that people like they're always like what is this like they're asking their like co-workers like what the little yeah. did like the skew is for them to ring it up and sometimes I'm like it's
0: this like three five six. I haven't gotten that bad but I feel like that's like the next step <laughs> that's hilarious oh wow once you hit that, graduate to that. It's going to be yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, something I ask you every time I see you is what are some favorite cookbooks? Books and cookbooks. Books that you're, and like, cookbooks. That you love because I'm looking at your amazing yes. bookshelf over there. And I just got one of the books that you recommended I get. So I asked for it for Christmas and I actually got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm curious if other ones because
1: I'm, yes. co- I'm a collector. Um, so, well, I love salt, fat, acid, heat. I think that Samin Nosrat – wrote that book and she has like a series on Netflix I met her last year and that was like my big like I mean I just was crying like I was like can I please hug you I just think that her whole philosophy about cooking and kind of a lot of like you say I teach you a lot about the why she mm-hmm. knows like way more about the why and so I've had this book salt fat acid heat that I've gone to for a reference but I've never actually like, read the whole thing cover to cover so I'm gonna read it cover to cover this year but that is a great like why is salt important? Like why, right. like what types of, what types of fat do I use like to cook this versus that or why? If you're interested in the why, I think that's really big. Yeah. Um, Allison Roman who wrote dining in, which is the cookbook that you love. She also came out with, um, eating fancy. My dog is playing with his toy. <laughs> um, totally fine. I really like eating fancy too. I, I just get like a lot of inspiration by the combinations of things that like someone like her uses. Yeah. Um, What else? I love the new tartine book. Mm -hmm. If you're a big baker, tartine is kind of like the, like that's what they gave us in culinary school. The tartine cookbook was like your pastry book. And they came out with the new tartine. So they're using like a lot of, like they're kind of reusing a lot of matcha in it. So if you're a big matcha person, then you'll like it. But um, using like lots of different flours, not just kind of like the conventional mass baking, like actually challenging I think the mindset of bakers a little bit more. So I've been really enjoying looking at that. Um, hmm. What else? I don't know. My dad just gave me this book over here called A Treasury of Great Recipes. And it's like, oh, yeah. um, I never heard of it before, but it's basically from all of these like fine dining restaurants in the 50s and 60s, which oh, I think cool. in of itself was kind of a golden era of eating and really changed the way that people eat around the world um and it has like a lot of the menus from these famous restaurants a lot yeah. of them don't even exist anymore so ooh i'm gonna fun, yeah i'm gonna look at these yeah. books i love coming over here and reading yeah
0: so that's awesome um so the last question i have is where can people find you and yes. how can they book with um with gourmet Maison? so
1: they can go to www.gourmetmaisons.com. um and that's probably the easiest way there's like a little booking form and Email. Um, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at gourmet underscore maisons. Um, yeah, I'm pretty easy to, to access. To track down. And we'll
0: put it in the show notes too so people can just yeah, click right there. I would love it. that. But thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you. I'm so happy you came over. Yeah. Best wishes as you go into 2020. It's going to be incredible for you. Thank you. you. This podcast is edited and published by the Primary Pedal Studios, written and hosted by Carly Rae Williams. Show notes are located at our website, carlyraeweddings.com forward slash Class. If you like what you heard today, subscribe, rate and review us. Sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and bonus episodes. Thanks for joining us as we scale the mountain of success. This is Bossy Class.